and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the industry. Uh, he's a hell of a person to follow for his fitness journey, for his journey through the independence and now signed to one of the biggest names in professional wrestling, Ring of Honor, of course. Uh, I'm talking about my very good friend, Joe Mandak. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing real well, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm doing incredibly well. I'm so excited to uh, do this. I've uh, recorded a couple episodes and, you know, there's a few people that like you kind of are like really looking forward to, you know, like obviously everybody's uh, a lot of fun to get to like know and talk to and everything. But yeah, we've never really had a chance, like correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't actually met in person yet, right? No, I spoke with you one time. You called me on Facebook time. I was out and that was actually a couple of years ago. I was out in uh, Los Angeles and you were uh, no uh, Vegas. And you were like, Hey, are you able to do something? Unfortunately, I was, was not able to meet you. Um, but yeah, other than that, I just group meetings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. It's pretty cool to get to take this time to like, actually, you know, have a one-on-one and get to know about each other a little bit. I was interviewing somebody that like I've known in person and worked with regularly for like five years the other day. And, uh, he told me all kinds of stories about like, uh, it was Scott Johnson. He was like one of the game developers on like the WWE series for THQ. And I'm just like, what? Why didn't I know this? On shows. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where do you come from? You know, obviously the the just start off questions. How'd you get involved in wrestling? How'd you find wrestling? Uh, yeah, go ahead and dive in. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm Ref Joe Mandak out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Um, Thirty years old. I've turned quote unquote, I guess, pro in, in refing 2013. Um, but I probably say I really didn't get my feet soaking wet in the business until about 2015. Um, but uh, kind of starting from the beginning, uh, much like uh, uh, I've heard Odie's story as far as how he kind of got involved, just kind of channel surfing. Uh, my dad was really into wrestling. Uh, his, uh, my grandfather, his father took him out in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, so he got to see, you know, some, some of the old names out there, which was pretty cool on the, I guess the quote unquote independent circuit back then, which was, which was pretty awesome. Sure. Uh, but uh uh, I remember watching VHS tapes and there was one match that sticks out in particular. It was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. That's terrible. Why would, why would you ever watch that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good question because um, I don't remember. I don't believe it was a pay-per-view. I don't believe it was a Monday night raw. I believe it was in Maine somewhere. Um, you know, let's but, have to do a ladder match. Why not? Why not? Uh, it was for the intercontinental title and the match gave me a whole bunch of different emotions. So Shawn Michaels was the heel. He was with uh, Sensational Sherry as the manager, uh, Bret Hart obviously being the face, and uh, something about the way Shawn Michaels sold. Uh, he made me laugh because he kind of oversold. It's almost like he was trying to compete with Bret, like, I can outsell you. Yeah. So he made me laugh. Um, you know, seeing Brett almost grab the title several times, you know, I had anxiety. Uh, watching Sherry interfere, I got upset. Um, so hope it just kind of play with my emotions. And as, as a young kid, I, I kind of was able to, I guess, grasp that. Um, so regardless, when I saw that match, it was like, all right, now I'm going to wrestle with my dad. And so he'd throw me on the couch. I'd jump off the couch. And that's kind of how I would um, start my bedtime routine is we jump off three or four times and <laughs> he would kind of catch me and um, he'd, I'd pin him. And he would kind of roll me up and we kind of do like false finishes. I didn't know what those were at the time, but it was just fun. And then I would go upstairs to fall asleep and lo and behold, like I said, it just kind of would escalate, uh, you know, at, over the years. Um, I went to, you know, the WWF uh, house shows at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena and remember seeing um, Undertaker wrestle and gold dust, Shawn Michaels, you know, just, just to, to name a few that I recall. Um, uh, but I didn't really know about the, the independent circuit till about probably about 2000, 2001. Yeah. And I got my toes dipped in, um, as a fan, I went to an IWC international wrestling cartel. Uh, they were running out of affiliated with now as well. Yes. Yes. Which is kind kind of really cool. Uh, when Pretty you think about it, right. <laughs> 
it, it really is because you know as a fan you're just going there to watch you know wrestling and what what intrigued me about that was um there was no barricade so it was literally we sat front row there was about six feet and then there was the ring so i was like well i don't see this on on tv that's kind of cool sure and the first match was a tag team match it was brandon k and dirk ziggler versus a tag team i believe they were known as the backseat boys i don't know if they're still still around but brandon k um took a baseball slide tackled to the outside and he fell into me and i fell back into my chair and i was like well i'm hooked for life <laughs> absolutely it was like this light bulb went off like i didn't think that could happen and it did and so yes uh we bought season tickets to to the promotion my dad would take us and i would just watch these guys growing up and then um when I was old enough to finally start to train, I did. I trained with a guy who I actually saw wrestle at that show, um, mm-hmm. Shirley Go. He's um, he actually trained uh, guys like uh, Joaquin Wild. He had a uh, a hand in training him, uh, Facade, uh, Jason Gorey, and uh, most notably uh, Elias from WWE. So that's so- a pretty great pedigree, including yourself. You know, like that's a lot of really like uh, admirable people to come out of there. Absolutely. So, so I got to train with him for a little bit and then I took a couple months off because at the time I was going to school, I was playing college basketball. So I was trying to do the best I could to keep the dream alive, but also understand that, you know, I had to, to go to class and, and, and uh, try to get my degree. Um, and then a couple, uh, a couple years later, I ended up picking back up with a company. They were uh, NWA East out of McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Um, they later became PWX Pro Wrestling Express. And um, I think they've transitioned now to uh, Fight Society. They've kind of repackaged, rebranded themselves. Funny how but- often you see that happen in wrestling. Like I uh, was trained by a group that were like, some iteration of themselves under a different name at least like four or five times from like 2000 all the way up through when I started in like 2015 you know they were just like they were action coast or they were devil mountain wrestling or they were you know whatever 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 (laughs) yeah yeah and uh and so yeah it was just one thing led to another and um trained with them I was getting ready to actually debut in 2011 which thinking about that that's 10 years ago Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Congratulations on your anniversary, brother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I technically had one um, one match. Um, it was uh, April 20th, 2011. It was actually for IWC, the main event. Um, it was a six man tag. So you had well, no, uh, no pressure for your debut or anything. No, no pressure. <laughs> what was kind of cool about it was it was um, the, the name of the program was College Fight Fest Volume 2. Um, they had done a program, I think, at like Cal U University in, in Pennsylvania. Sure. So they uh, they went to Penn State, New Kensington, where I went to school and they did a show there. So it, it was kind of cool. I was the. Uh, the mystery partner in, uh, in the main event, but, um, you had the, the founding father, uh, Dennis Gregory, Jimmy Vegas and big league, John McChesney on one side. And it was John Bolin, who I believe had a small stint with, uh, impact wrestling for a little bit. And then, um, walking wild known as Zima Ion at the time. Yeah. Uh, so those are my tag team partners and we went head to head and, uh, we ended up picking up the victory. Uh, there was a little kind of screwy finish that went on, but um, yeah, it was, it was just really cool. Um, so super, I, super I almost missed it there because we're just kind of like steamrolling through it all so fast, but like you didn't even start to become a ref. Like you started as no, a wrestler. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my dream was to be the the next Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, you know, I mean, all, all these people uh, I grew up watching and, um, but what had happened was what my body type at that time, I was probably a buck 25 soaking sure. wet. Um, it sounds like you've been an athlete, like most of your life though. You said you were playing college basketball and all that. Did you do that like through high school and middle school and all that stuff as well? Yeah. Started third grade, played all the way up through grade school, ninth grade, um, through 12th grade, played high school basketball, uh, played college or played high school golf for four years, played baseball through, through my life. My, my, before being wanting to be a wrestler, I was going to be, you know, the, the first baseman for the Houston Astros. Take after Jeff Bagwell, you know, be number five, have his batting stance. I mean, that was 
That was the mindset. You had the life set and ready for you. <laughs> I, I did. And unfortunately, my ninth grade coach kind of made me fall out of love with the sport. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know, stopped, uh, stopped playing baseball and um, may, maybe had a little regret there. Uh, I don't have too many regrets in life. Maybe a little regret there, but um, I think things have worked out pretty well. But yeah, like you said, it, it, my, my, mind, my mindset was uh, I want to be a wrestler. Um Later on, fast forward a little bit in, in 2011, uh, my grandfather had passed away and that kind of took a little bit out of me. So I kind of stopped with the the wrestling, my body, everything like that. I was like, I just, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Fast forward to 2013 and I was, I, I got that itch again. You know, a couple of my buddies had gone through the training, they were debuting. So I was like, I'm going to go watch them. And I was like, I, I got to get back in there. I got to do something. So I met with one of the referees, Sean Patrick, who's my referee sensei. Um, I, uh, great, great guy. But I, I came up to him and said, um, would you guys be interested in a uh, – or could you use another ref? They're like, we could always use referees. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hard, a good refs are hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and my thought was – I mean, he, he, uh, he had done the uh, Jimmy Corderas – refereeing 101 i think there was a dvd yeah and so he, he was there learning so he taught me about the u he said stay out of people's way and there's the hard camp so that kind of were, were the absolute basics that he kind of imparted you know, on to you yeah the mo- kind of the most important things and so i had my first show my first match was um the pwx television t- championship um Went to a, a ten minute time limit draw, so you know I always always kind of remember your first finish or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was um that was kind of cool. But what what was even better was after I had done that a couple months, um, a couple guys came up to me and they're like, and I'm sure I'm sure you've heard this. You don't suck. You don't suck. Uh, Look around. <laughs> if you're a referee starting out. And... You, know what? you know what? Right now, I need to take a note of this. Uh, we need a Zebra Talk shirt that says you don't suck. <laughs> and then just put, just put, just put any, any indie wrestler or something like that. But you know, I guess you, you've made it, brother, when, when you hear that. And so I, I kind of took that as, okay, um, so I would start refing. You know, this guy would say, Joe, uh, I'm in a tag match. I want, I want you to ref my match. Uh, and that would kind of carry on. If he worked a different promotion, that's how I was able to get my foot in the door at, at other places. Um, nice. So, yeah, and it just kind of unfolded. So um, for, for about two years, um, I kind of just did it once a month for the local promotion I honestly wasn't making anything. I was just kind of doing it to get my name out there and kind of get my reps. And then um, about 2000, uh, where are we at? 14, 15, uh, Joe Dombrowski, uh, he does commentary. He does some stuff for Future of Honor, for Ring of Honor, and um, uh, also runs a promotion out of Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Premier Championship Wrestling. Uh, he kind of gave me the the motivation, the kick in the pants that I needed. He's like, look – if you want to do this as a hobby, that's fine. But it's always you're good enough. To, you're good enough to not do this as a hobby. So, like, why don't you actually apply yourself a little bit? Exactly, brother. He, I mean, he said if if you treat it like a hobby, that's all it'll ever be. Sure. So treat it like a job. And he he would come up to me and say, Joe, you need black socks. Joe, where's your belt? Joe, don't wear a white shirt under that, you know, just, just random little things that because he could tell that I was good and that if I did these little things, it would only take me to the next level. So I owe him, uh, uh, you know, a debt of gratitude when it comes to little things like that. It's crazy um, when you uh, meet those people and have those interactions that like are the things uh, your, your hands are kind of like washing out your face a little bit when we, uh, Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. For those no, that are no. listening to the audio, it's going to be real interesting to try and picture what we're talking about. Look it up on YouTube. It'll be lots of fun. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, what I was getting at is when you meet those people that give you those pieces of advice that have that like click moment in your head, you know, because like there's so many things that you'll you know, learn just from like repetition and being in the ring and things like that. But things like you were saying, you know, like black socks, 
don't wear a white shirt underneath it. Make sure you're using a black belt. You know, like I was told when I like first went to training uh, to just grab some black wrestling shoes, right? Which to me was like, all right, sure, whatever, right? So I go to yep. Big Five and I get these uh, these shooter shoes um, and come to find out like years down the line, uh, they had tan soles on them and people gave me crap about them for like years. Sure because they thought I was like trying to be like red shoes or something. And I'm like, brother, I just grabbed the ones that were black. Like, I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, one, no one looks at the bottom. What do you know? If somebody That's... had told me to make sure the soles are bottom, I would have made sure the soles were, or soles were black. I would have made sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great when you have those, you know, mentor moments or even just like conversational moments where you have those like click uh, in your yeah. head. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so I, I traveled a lot with Joe. Uh, we went down to uh, North Carolina for WrestleCade a couple different times. Um, not really expecting to be booked. He did uh, uh, commentary for Big Time Wrestling, so I was able to, to get on a couple of those shows, which was you know extremely, extremely grateful, extremely humbling, great learning experiences. Um, and then stumbled across you know Ring of Honor trial camp. I honest, I, I can't even tell you how I stumbled across. I don't know if I went to their website and they just happened to have it there. I, I wasn't on Twitter at that time. I don't know if somebody had a Facebook post, but I was like, let's see you what this is about. Like Ring of Honor fan. I mean, you know, growing up in the area, I'm sure you had to at least been to some of the shows. So, so I heard of it. Uh, a lot of my buddies uh, were big fans of that at that time. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Steen, uh, El Generico. Um, I think, you know, guys like, Tyler Black and Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, all them had left. But watching the old, you know, I was like, wow, I remember, you know, seeing uh, AJ Styles wrestle for IWC and in Monroeville, CM Punk, same thing. I mean, it was yeah. just, it was, it was just super cool. So I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. So I applied, got the confirmation, and, um, and, and was able to go to the camp and. One thing I'll tell you too, and this is for anybody out there, um, when I had said that I applied and that I was going, somebody had met, made a comment and said, I heard if you're, a, if you're not a wrestler, it's a work and it's not worth your time and money. And me you kind know, of being people said still, the exact same thing about the Evolve tryouts and like, oh my, yeah, I mean, it, it's all, it's all in how you, it's all in how you perceive it. If you go in with the attitude that this is a work and I'm not going to get anything from it, you're not, not going to get anything from it. Yeah, absolutely. But exactly. like, to an extent, like, is it a work? Yes. Are they trying to make money off of you? Yes. But does yeah. that mean that it is not necessarily going to be a symbiotic, mutually beneficial relationship? No. Like, just because you're paying for the opportunity to be there doesn't mean that it can't lead to things down the road like with yourself like with me obviously and plenty yeah. of people before and after us yes so it so I, like i said i was a little discouraged by that because um yeah i i didn't know like i said i was i was still really really green at that time so i even messaged dombrowski and said um what's your thought on it yeah and, and, and he and he told me you know he said if, if you go in with that mentality you're not going to get anything out of it so he said go in empty-minded like it's day one and mm. and you'll be fine so that was that was awesome and I, I loved it I, I got to meet uh I did I did actually end up doing about four of their um four of their camps and I got to meet new refs at every single one um Chris Bankos Jack Hill, um, Adam Galt, uh, just to name a couple. Um, Which already is just like such a who's who of like just absolutely quality referees that are on the Indies, you know, like Adam Galt and Chris Bankos are just like, like so yes. talented. Yes. Um, yeah. The fact that they're, they're, they're not signed or on TV or anything like that. I mean, it, it just, you know, get, give them time. I know uh, a lot yeah. of people say in, in the business, there's, um, so there's some luck, there's a lot of timing and stuff. So their, their time is coming. I, I promise that. I tell literally anybody who will listen, any opportunity that I can get that Adam Galt is going to be in WWE or AEW or wherever at some point in his career. Like the guy is too good to not be, you know, signed to some contract. Yes. And, and, and he's a good guy. I'll, I'll always root for, for, for the good guys. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and fantastic. And, and that's, and that's another thing is, since I've gotten the opportunities with Ring of Honor, 
I'm, I'm always grateful. I'm, I always shoot, uh, um, you know, shoot them a message afterwards. Thank you for the opportunity. Cause I know, I mean, the, just the couple few people I named, uh, you know, I'm going to include yourself in that. There's talented reps out there. I know, you know, sometimes we can say that. Appreciate no, absolutely. The, from few and far between, um, there's, there's a lot of really good refs and at any time, they, they could bring in somebody else or they could say, you know what, Joe, it's not working out. We're going to bring in somebody else. So the fact yeah. that I'm continually brought back, um, you just have to count your blessings when it, when it comes to that, because especially now, um, which I know back, back in the day, it was just, Hey, Hey, you were, you were making fun yeah. of the refs, Cody. Why don't you take this shirt and see if you can do better? <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we still see it, unfortunately, but, um, but now yeah. the, the community and the climate of like the referee job is so, much more developed and trained and you know like i don't want to say cutthroat because like i think we're all a community and none of us really like try to do much backstabbing or anything like right. that but, like it's very competitive you know it's it's it's, he it's healthy competition and i would i would actually say that uh you with the installation of zebra talk um i think that definitely pushes a lot of people to be like, Hey, I, I can do that. Or uh, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I, I think that uh, healthy competitions that never killed anybody. And Absolutely. as long as that, as long as that's what it remains, like you said, um, there's going to be a lot of good zebras coming up through the ranks. <laughs> Absolutely. That's uh that's one of the things that like, I really appreciate the most that I hear from people about zebra talk. You know, I hear from like Knox or somebody uh, that's been around forever that are just like, man, I wish this was a thing when I was growing up, you know, when I was coming yeah. up because like it would have helped me get to where I am so much faster. And like, you see, there are people that have been around now for like that long, myself included, especially like that have just like, I should not be refing in some of the places that I'm refing, like just tenure wise. I mean, I'm doing okay, yeah. but like, there are a lot of people who've been around a lot longer than I have, but like networking and Zebra Talk helping, like, I have all of the best information from people around the world just pouring into my ears. And the other people like yourself, like Aubrey, like, you know, Jeremy, you know, whoever, Adam, that really know how to utilize the tool, know how to, like, absorb the information and use it to their benefit. And it's great to see how it's helping people just, like, take off to the races with it. Uh, yes, absolutely. So are you you eight eight years in? No, I'm a baby, brother. I'm six and a half. You're six and a half? Because I'm well in November of this year well will be my eighth. So I guess I'm only in little seven. So we're kind of in that 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 same, you know, that which same is cool because like if you pay attention to it, like there's a crop of us that all started within around like a year of each other that are, you know, like Obviously, we have a long way to go, but like we're making yeah. some waves in professional wrestling. It's pretty cool. Like Jeremy started like maybe four months before I did, and he already okay. works for New Japan. You know, like you're already working for ROH. I was right. doing okay with Evolve before they closed. You know, like it's yeah. pretty cool to see what people can accomplish in a short amount of time with like the right resources and the right community, and you know, some real hard work and effort. Um, yes. And then uh, you had kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. You, I don't know if he was there the whole time that you were training, but you had mentioned that you had sort of a ref sensei there to like help you learn. Like uh, you had a trainer that was like actually a referee. Yeah. So Sean Patrick, he actually, he actually, I believe he was a wrestler uh, back in the day, but he's, you know, five, six. He's like, nobody wanted to see a five, six, one thirty-five short redhead Matt wrestles. So he's like, I, on the stripes he had had uh, the pretty good size for it but yeah he um yeah just just taught me so much and 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 was just such a good guy doing it um i definitely wouldn't be where i am w w without him and i i think still every now and then he he dons the stripes a little bit um but then um you know when he kind of uh that was with the, the the older promotion and then with iwc um, I get to work alongside uh, Robert Williams, uh, yeah. Bobby Williams. Uh, just uh, another, I mean, he's 20 years, I think, in the business. He's been overseas. He's, you know, worked with, uh, you know, some of the top name independent promotions across the, uh, across the country. And um, just being able to sit under, you know, his learning tree is, is, is extremely humbling. So, um, you know, it, it, it's always cool to you know, be like, oh, I'm senior official, but um 
There's nothing like having somebody that you can actually ask the questions and like learn things from and a mentor on hand, especially like, uh, you know, if you come from a place where like there wasn't any referees on hand and you were just kind of like figuring out how to do it by pissing off the wrestlers. Yeah. Or, or, or having a wrestler say, Oh, well, this guy I worked with, you know, he would do, he would do the counts and stuff. Uh, You know, it, it definitely does help. So uh, my recommendation is if you're at a promotion um, and you, you technically are the senior official or you're the person in charge. If you have questions, that's where like zebra talk is absolute gold. Yeah. Uh, then you can come across a, a, a certain situation networking, especially in this day and age where you can text message zoom and have a face-to-face conversation with somebody and go over the if, ands and, you know, and, and, and what happens, you know, uh, about, about a match is, is huge. Absolutely it's insane. I've uh, I've actually been um, reviewing footage with people recently for like primetime live and for Hollywood, uh, some of the younger refs that we have on there. And um, my style when it comes to like helping people go over matches, you know, like I'm not a trainer or anything like that. But if people ask for advice, I'll, I'll give it. Um, right. My style is I like to turn on the match and record the moment where like something needs work and then like talk over what I'm recording so that they can like hear and watch exactly what's going on as I'm seeing it. And like just the fact that like, that's even possible these days is just astounding. You know, it's insane. It's uh, there are so many great tools that are helping us get so much better, so much faster these days. It's, it's wonderful. Um, I feel for the guys that like, I, I, I want to like shove everybody in zebra talk into like networking with each other. And like, every time, you know, somebody's like, Oh, I don't know if I should like message Knox or like, you know, should I talk to Bryce and ask him for advice or whatever? I'm like, dude, that's what it's there for. Like they yeah. wouldn't be in the group if they didn't want you talking to them. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say nine times out of 10, um, even with the experience I've had, they'll tell you, yeah. Um, you know, let me get through this week, you know, obviously with the, the hectic schedules and then they'll usually get back. I know um, DA Brewer was one where he actually sat down and watched a couple of things that I had done, you know, from, from a couple other promotions. So, um, and, he, and he got back to me, you know, it, all, all you can do is ask him the worst thing they can say is no, but I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't come across that. So that, right. that's another cool thing. I think, you know, we all have that camaraderie in that community, uh, you know, because we all, came from the same kind of experience of like, we didn't really have that many people on hand to learn from directly. So we know that like, anytime we get an opportunity to learn from anybody, we're just like, give me the information, give me the notes, please tell me something. I'm sick of people saying, I didn't notice you were in the ring. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what I would say. Going back to the, yeah, I didn't know you were in the ring. Uh, if a wrestler, if you go up to guys and say, Hey, you know, Thank you for the match. And they're like, oh, you were my ref. If they didn't know you were the ref, then uh, I guess that's how that to me. I kind of I kind of kind of like that because it's like you didn't know I was there. Um, but at the same time, it's like you could you know, know that I'm there. But so I don't know. Uh, uh, you just said that. It just kind of reminded me of. Yeah. I had a pretty funny one happen to me once. Uh, there was a tag team that I met uh, on the day of the show. Uh, and we all hung out. I was in my stripes. Uh, I don't know if you know, or if you notice or not, like I wear glasses pretty regularly when I'm in like my street clothes and stuff. And, uh, so I hung out with them in my stripes for like hours. Uh, and then we went and we did the match and I ref their match. And then after the show was over, I put all my like normal clothes on and I put my glasses on and I go up to the guy and I'm just like, Hey, good job tonight. You know, it was really cool uh, talking to you or whatever. And he goes, who, who are you? I'm like, Brother, I spent all day talking to you. I'm not Clark Kent. <laughs> it's the glasses, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, it's the stripes. Uh, because, like, yeah. they are so heavily discouraged from, like, actually, like, focusing on us at all. And they're yeah. so focused on what it is that they're doing in their match and making sure that everything goes well that it's, like, blinders, you know? Um, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, you, uh, you'd mentioned Brewer, you'd mentioned, uh, Bobby, uh, you know, a few other names. Are there any refs now that like you really look up to that you pick brains, you know, like who are the people that you're watching that you're studying from things like that? I'm sure you're talking to Todd a lot, right? Like, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, de- definitely Todd always, always picking his brain. And one of the reasons is, is because any seminar I've gone to uh, doesn't matter what promotion um, he's, he's one of the top five guys, top mm-hmm. five reps that, that they say. Um, and I know a lot of people get on to him uh, about, I mean, his, his weight, you know, he's always oh, a big sure. guy, but blah, 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 he doesn't do much, but like, I'm I sorry, you, have you like, heard of Tim White? <laughs> like, have you heard I, of Don Finnegan? Like, come on, there's, yeah, there's big refs. Like, it's a thing. And and the thing, he he moves really well. And everyone, some people are like, oh, well, he, he doesn't move or get into it as much as you. And I'm like, that's because he's doing so much without doing anything. And yeah. and that's what I try to strive to do. Sometimes I feel like I, I get down low and I'm kind of moving a little, maybe a little too much. And he just kind of moves when you're supposed to move. And, sure. and he's yeah. seen when you're supposed to be seen. And he does it this, this, he's got this swag about him that just kind of like nonchalant. And then he gets so, um, it kind uh, of yeah. reminds me of a really good, uh, like wrestler, how there's no real like wasted motion, you know, like they take the Perfect. steps that they need to take without really getting like happy feet, uh, is what we called it a lot in theater, you know, where you kind of get uncomfortable and you're just stepping to, for the sake of stepping, which is something I'm super guilty of sometimes, but like, I'm, I'm trying to work on it, but yeah, he's definitely very confident and very planted and owns his space. Yes. So, so he's, he's definitely one, um, uh, uh, Jay Clemens recently just got signed with, uh, with WWE NXT. He's doing some stuff with 205 live, yeah. um, rough with them a, bu- a couple times in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland. Um, young, another young guy, uh, geez, he's 27 or something like yeah, that. I mean, pretty wild, right? He's, 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 I think he's got more tenure than both of us. I think he started. He's working on his 11th year right now. Guy's been here forever. Yeah. Uh, just another guy that, um, yeah, you, 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 sometimes you look at these refs and, and I think people try to like, Oh, I'm the ref who counts really fast or I'm the guy who does stuff with his hand. And it's like the, the people that don't I named, they don't gimmick, have, brother. They, yes, they, they don't have anything. They're just solid. Um, so, so I enjoy watching him. Um, Jason Ayers, not another guy, just really, really solid, uh, had, the pleasure of sitting with him a couple different times, picking him up from the airport and, and just um, dining with him, uh, obviously pre pre COVID years ago. Um, But yeah, just a really, really solid guy. Um, Some of the, I don't want to say older refs, but um, I was a big fan of Jim Corderas and Tim White. Um, Two different, two different styles. Uh, Tim White was very vocal and kind of in your face. Corderas was a little more uh, used his facial expressions. Yeah. And so I try to copy and paste a little bit from this guy, a little bit here and there. And um, just kind of find out whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some stuff does. I, I, I One of my things is I need to be more vocal. Uh, when Todd counts his three, you can hear him over the crowd when, they, when, sure. when there's a crowd there. So I think I'm yelling, but when I watch myself back on TV, I'm like, you can't hear me count at all. What am <laughs> I doing? Like, you know what's so, funny uh, that you mentioned that. Like, I'm I'm not d- trying to discourage you or say that there's a right or a wrong way, but uh, uh, I'm obviously very vocal and loud as well. Um, but in working with Knox one on one, which I was very fortunate, you know, living in California, um, sure. I came to find out he doesn't actually count out loud. Yeah, I, he doesn't I, speak. He just. It's crazy. It's a little jarring when you notice it for the first time. Cause like, you're so used to hearing the crowd that like, it almost goes unnoticed. And then you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And, and he's, it, it, it works for him. I don't think it would work for me. So, so you have the different styles. You have people who like to slide. You have people who count from their knees. Todd drops to his side. Cause it's what's comfortable for him. So like I'm, I'm a, I'm a knee ref. So when I go down, sometimes I think that, could possibly throw off a wrestler's count. So that's why I try to be as vocal as possible. Um, But again, it's just kind of finding that niche and what works for you. Um, Not everyone's going to be able to do the, the little Nate Charles Robinson slide. Yeah. Yeah, It's just not, it's just not going to happen. I I personally have a fear of like rolling my ankle on the mat if I do it or something. So 
I don't really try to attempt it. I, I go with the uh, the John Cone knee slide. He does. He he's really smooth with it. Yeah. And um, so That's where I, I yeah. stole it too, brother. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if you're going to steal for somebody, you might as well steal from uh, some of the best names in the business. Um, okay, so uh, something that I'm going to throw your way uh, that you might not have like <clears throat> encountered before, and I didn't okay. even know was going to be a thing. Uh, you know, one knee sliding guy to another. Um, when I was working at Evolve, uh, they have like um, labels uh, on their canvas, right? Uh, they have yes. several of them around. And I think you know where I'm going with this, but like when you slide across the canvas and then you hit the label, your momentum stops. Pumping, you're pumping the brakes, aren't you? Yeah, real hard. And uh, like one of the first singles matches that I did, it was an incredible match. Uh, Mansoor from NXT, uh, okay. who was a friend of mine that I trained with in Oakland. Uh, oh, wow. was wrestling cool. AR Fox uh, okay. an amazing match and like my first time working with Fox it was my first time working with Manny in like I don't know five years or something like that and uh, I go for the finish and slide in and uh, I like trip <laughs> but like fall luckily into the first count like at perfect timing and nobody awesome. notices and I'm just like Oh my God, that was almost so bad. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, depending on what kind of canvas you got, gotta, gotta make gotta sure. Be wary. You gotta know what's coming. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. That's uh, yeah. It's been so a minute. We're, we're just yeah. talking about a, a, a great singles match. Uh, I like to ask referees, uh, what kind of match style do you really prefer? Do you have matches that you really love to do? Do you have matches that you're not a big fan of doing? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Um, eight man tags are probably maybe my Achilles heel, six man, <laughs> something like that. Uh, I, I don't know if it little... counts as an Achilles heel if like nobody's really great at an eight man tag. <laughs> yeah, I, I touche, touche, brother. Um, I, I think just because of the bodies and trying to make sure that you're not tripping over each other. Absolutely. My my favorite, and I pray that they continue to do this. I just did the first ever pure tag team match um and what what's so great about that is the rules are are written in stone yeah. um you see a lot of promotions where they'll let the blind tag go um they'll kind of be lenient maybe on the five count when the wrestlers are in the ring and everything um they let breaking the rules the vary in order to fit the story that they're telling sure. Completely understand. And and there's definitely a, a time and a place for that. And that's not digging on any promotion whatsoever because it's it's happened in the past, it's happening now, and by God, it's gonna happen in the future. And it, it, it happens everywhere. There's no yes. particular place that you can dog on that for. Every place has that to some extent. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it just fits no. the energy of the room better. Yes, completely agree. So, but with the pure rules with the hand over the top rope and having to have the tag rope. Um, I, I made a call Wheeler you to try tagging in Fred Yehi, but I believe he didn't have the rope. And I think he tried tagging through the second rope and he was climbing to the top rope and I waved it off. Like, no, you got to get down. So he grabbed it and it kind of fit that story because he was unable to get the three count. So he might've wasted a little bit of time yeah. having to readjust for, for the tag. Um, the the fact that, like, if that is a division within uh, the company that you're working for, yeah. and it's popular enough that people are there for that division, that's yes. the kind of call that people are going to like, just appreciate so much more, you know, that's where like, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, you no, you're absolutely right. And I think it gives the the referee um a greater sense of, of control and, and wow, he's on, he's on top of things. And I don't, I don't go off on a, on a small tangent, but I think a lot of people think that referees and pro wrestling, they gotta be, they gotta be perfect. They gotta make the call. And, and if you watch NFL, if you watch uh, hockey, boxing, anything like that, um, I mean, how many times do you see a referee miss a call or make a bad call? Um, it, it happens. So, I think as long as it doesn't mess with what the wrestlers are trying to get across, I think it can actually help 
Uh, I'm not saying go out there and, and blow spots, blow fit, anything like that. But the imperfection or or the enforcing of a rule that maybe might not make sense to somebody or or a judgment call. Um, couple, well, you know, think about it. That's yeah. that moment is you teaching the audience that that rule exists like yes. obviously the majority of the people that are going to be watching that match are already well aware of the rules and uh you know all the stipulations and things like that but i think something that uh we as referees lose sight of a lot and i think the wrestlers lose sight of is like our role just as much as enforcing the rules is educating the new fans on what the rules are Yes. So we just overlook stuff because it's inconvenient or it like kills the momentum or the energy or whatever. Then there's, you know, this split idea from one fan to the other of like, well, is this a rule or is that a rule or is this or that? Yes. And I mean, even in uh, referees, we've seen a ton of people in Zebra Talk <clears throat> that are unsure about the whole like do rope breaks count in a, a triple threat match, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like how many times oh. have we seen that question asked in Zebra Talk? Like, Plenty, Plenty. I don't and, even know. but yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's especially with the pure rules. I mean, it, you, if a guy throws a closed fist to the face, I mean, you you got you got to call him on it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, you get the one free shot, but after that, you know, it's a disqualification. And there's been a couple times where Gresham's kind of rolling around with somebody, and they both get into the rope. So you got to let them know, hey, that's a neutral break because not one guy had it up on the other. So yeah, so you don't lose one there. Yes. So being able to, to, you know, make that call and then commentary, you know, Caprice and, and Ian doing a fantastic job. It just kind of, like you said, lets the crowd know like, okay, both men go into there. It's a judgment call on the rep, you know, no one's losing a rope break, you know, let's get back to the action. Then um, it, it's, it's a beautiful, wrestling's a beautiful thing when it's, when it's done right. Isn't it? I mean, right. There are so many people, like when I ask them this question, you know, what kind of match do you not like? Or I ask people what kind of match they need to work on the most. They uh, more often than not will mention tag team matches. And I feel like that is because they maybe don't necessarily like get tag team matches yet. Or like maybe they haven't been in there with people who really understand like good tag team psychology. Because like what you're saying, you know, like wrestling is beautiful when it's done right. There is nothing like... uh, banger tag team match where yes. all five of the people involved know exactly what they're doing they understand yes. the psychology they're listening to each other they have chemistry with each other the ref yes. is on point everywhere that they need to be like i love a good singles match that's my favorite kind of match but sure. boy does a tag team match feel amazing when everybody got everything perfect yes and and i think you know when they when they do like the the survivor series matches and you have you know the 5 on 5 or whatever it can still work like uh like you know a, a 2 on 2 tag match but um you know just with the bodies and getting out of control i know sometimes you know you can lose track of oh, who's legal you know who's on the outside who's on the inside little things like that but um yeah there's something about um Italian. that that was one thing that um uh Todd had told me he's like you've probably ref hundreds you know a thousand matches singles matches he's like focus on tag he's like if you you're on a show you know do do the tag match you know work on those because you could do singles matches in your sleep but if you can really focus on that and i mean that you look at a guy like like you had mentioned before rick knox what matches does he, he he's always doing tag match why always because he's match. amazing at them yes and and so he has found his niche when it comes to those so um yeah, if you're 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 a ref out there and you're kind of wanting uh, to better yourself as an official, um, if there's a tag match. Do it. Don't 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 shy away from it. In addition to that, you know, like it only hurts you if you hide from the matches that you're not good at. You know what I mean? Like I had somebody recently that uh, was worried that their senior official was like trying to bury them because they were putting them in all the tag matches, even though they were bad at tag matches. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your senior official is trying to get you better at tag matches so that you're not bad at tag matches. They're not trying to make you look bad. (laughs) Um, But speaking of, <clears throat> senior officials and things like that uh obviously referees wear a ton of hat uh, ta- ton of hats excuse me uh that aren't necessarily just wearing the stripes what kind of stuff do you do um outside of the ring that doesn't involve refing? 
um, there to set up and tear down. Uh, more important, most importantly, with um, international the the uh, independent promotion, International Wrestling Cartel. Um, always try to show up um, and load everything in, set everything up, load everything up, uh, or and then tear everything down at the end of the night um, for a couple different reasons. One, uh, I don't think you're ever done paying your dues when it comes to that. Uh, you, you, I know you, you might hear that term, you know, thrown around a whole bunch. Of, oh, I got paid your dues, brother. Blah blah blah. But like, th- th- there's definitely some. Um, you got to have some, some respect built behind that. And I think you can tell who's serious about certain things in wrestling and even in life by how they set up Absolutely. and what they're setting up. Um, you know, how many, I don't say, Oh, this guy is a meathead cause he's carrying nine boards on his shoulder by himself. You know, he's working dumb, not smarter, but um, just, just, I mean, if, if I you're mean, a referee, a about somebody that is like a young boy or a ref or, you know, like whoever uh, that is there to set up. Yeah. You know, and they're like off on the corner, like hanging out, watching everybody doing their thing, or they're on their phone the whole time or something, or they disappear when it's time for ring crew. Like you were saying, you can tell who's there to really be a professional and who's there to like have a career with this by the people who are like hustling. Um, yes. And then in addition to that, like you really like, I don't want to say like I enjoy ring crew. It's like hard manual labor, whatever, but like I'm not above doing ring crew and I'm aware of how beneficial it is to have a sense of ownership with your ring, you know, and like know every nuance about it and know like where the trick boards are or where, you know, like uh, it bounces a little funny or like this rolls when you step on it. So like, you know, you got to let the boys know, like don't do a springboard off of that one because you're going to die. Yes. Uh, Yeah. As as a ref, um, I mean, that's, that's your stage. So you need to know, like you had said, Hey, uh, turnbuckles loose, uh, hard cam left side. So we put some tape there. So if you, you know, like you said, you're going to do a springboard, you're going to go off the top rope, kind of watch that, um, you know, where the tables chairs are underneath. Um, if, if, if somebody needs something, um, you know, first aid kit or something under there, something goes wrong, you need to be able to grab that, um, in a day a time where we're disinfecting a lot of things where the disinfectant is where the extra towels yeah. are and everything um little things like that will again it's kind of like the we were talking about the black socks black belt kind of thing yeah it's those little nuances that like you wouldn't yeah. even think that are going to be a part of your job when you go to try for the first time but they're so important and so integral to be like fluid and professional about Yes. And, and, and you'll, and I mean, it, to me, it's, fun. I, I think it's fun to see how different people tie certain knots, tie off the apron or how they get the canvas, you know, to stretch or sure. um, my, my favorite is the turnbuckles. Uh, all right, let's do, uh, let's do 12, 10 and eight. So then they do that and 12, 10 and eight. And they're like, Oh, the middle one's loose. All right. So let's do another 10, eight, six, you know, and they try to keep it even <laughs> and at the end of the day. It's just like, as long as you're all doing it at the same time, just spin them till they get tight. You'll be all right. And I, I don't think there's necessarily a, a perfect science behind it. Um, I mean, it's impossible for there to be a perfect science behind it, uh, you know, other than just like uh, trial and error, specifically because every single uh, ring that you're ever going to work on is going to be different from the others, you know, like even the ones that are similar, there's something different or something off about them or like, you know, this turnbuckle needs a little bit more oil, but they don't have it on hand or something like that. You know, it's like so many nuances. Um, In addition to ring crew stuff, uh, I don't know if you've done this outside of our experience with it, but you were actually one of the leaders that we had for our, uh, our workout program in zebra talk, the zebra sweat uh, program that we were doing for a while. Have you ever done anything like that outside of our experience? Have you ever thought about, you know, like being a fitness instructor, like doing uh, training referees or anything like that? What was your experience with zebra sweat? Like, like, tell me about those kind of things. Yeah. So the zebra set was, first of all, I was, I was humbled to be a part of it because it, it was a great crew uh, to be a part with, uh, with Becky and Jared um, was, was just, just, just fantastic. Um, there was probably about a month where a couple years ago where I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I should go back to school and maybe try to be a, a personal trainer. Maybe try to do something like that. I mean, if um, he was going to do it, it would probably be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, like how we were talking uh, that I was a 
you know, buck 25 when I started. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm 160. I've gotten up to about 167 is the most I've ever weighed, but I've trained harder in the past five years than I did for basketball in college, basketball yeah. in high school and stuff. So um, if, if you're looking to get in shape, start now. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. If, if you wait till tomorrow, tomorrow's never going to come. So right. you know, jump on that. Um, but yeah, never really thought about doing that a couple uh people have have asked me like hey i want to get into training or, or i want to become a ref how would i do it and i tell them the same thing i said you, you need to go to a school a good yeah. credited school um don't just go to a show and expect to be handed a shirt just because you can count um pay 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 you know your dues learn how to bump um learn how to wrestle um, everything the right way yeah Exactly. And and I'm not saying every ref should learn how to wrestle, but I think that that's one thing that I, I had uh, maybe over some other people who, who just, you know, wanted to be a ref is um, because I went through the whole training, I know what a wrestler maybe should be thinking or how they might structure a match sure. or how a match might go. And so that has helped me to, you know, be uh, evade them, you know, not be in the way as much um positioning camera angles different things like that um definitely i think definitely gave me an edge and obviously it, the biggest thing i mean it's going to give you uh respect for the fact that when you watch somebody take a back body drop you know that you know what it feels like yeah absolutely absolutely um but yeah as far as training or doing anything like that i, I honestly uh um haven't um part of that and and i i'm not wanting to make excuses uh, since 2015, um, I've, I've been working three jobs. Um, yeah, I mean, you're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, I work a nine to five, ref on the weekends, uh, sometimes during the week, and then um, I also coach uh, golf um, seasonally. And if you've coached uh, or done anything like that, you know that it's not always seasonally. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting and and going down to simulators to help people out on off seasons, especially in Pittsburgh where the weather, you never know what day it's going to be. So sometimes you have to be indoors. Sometimes you can be outdoors. Um, so I have a, I have a pretty, pretty busy schedule, but um, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, never really thought about or, or got into that. I think if the opportunity maybe presented itself and I had the time, um, I would absolutely love to go um, maybe help out, you know, IWC and, and, and their academy. I mean, they, they have fantastic trainers, you know, already, but um, you know, I think it would just be fun to, to be able to go there once a week, you know, was, you know, a couple of times. Work with and, some people or something. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mentioned, you know, you have a like crazy busy schedule. Uh, have you been able to, obviously you've gotten, tons of miles, uh, you know, in your area, like, have you really traveled outside of the East coast very much? I mean, it seems like, uh, you kind of been really focused on the like new England Indies and then the ring of honor track has just kind of like taken you over the last like five, six years. Yeah. 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 With, um, yeah, mostly it's been Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh and Cleveland is kind of, kind of like my niche area. Um, was, fortunate enough a couple years ago to be in Las Vegas for the anniversary show for ring of honor who was absolutely fantastic. We were scheduled um, a year ago to, to be there before um, COVID shut everything down. So I had the opportunity to do that, but yeah, mostly like you said, um, East coast, uh, Baltimore, Philly, uh, Buffalo. Um, what do you think the furthest that you've traveled for a show? Um. Or I guess it Vegas, would, I guess, would be it, right? I guess, I guess it'd be Vegas. Um, I was able to do um, Atlanta as well. So I don't, and uh, I did a show in Florida. So I don't know. I think it's longer that way sure, than yeah, it is yeah. that way. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I was able to, I was able to even do uh, Toronto, um, the old Maple Leafs Garden, which was, which was pretty cool. That's um, fantastic. I mean, like I've uh, been able to get up to Canada for like, uh, I was doing extra work with some people, but like, I haven't actually had a chance to referee up there. And that's like such okay. a huge goal for myself, you know, like Mexico and Canada are such huge yeah. wrestling countries that like, it just seems like, you know, you have to, like, you got to cross it off your list before you're done, you know? Yeah. And it, it'd be nice to go overseas and do, uh, I know, um, Ring of Honor had done the UK tour, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in years past, that would be really cool to, you know, to, you know, fly across the pond and, and do something over there. Um, Absolutely. You know, Germany, you know, little things like that, you know, um, but I, 
you know, speaking, know. Of which, speaking of things that, you know, are like on your list and stuff like that, like you've been smashing goals. You just officially full-time were hired to Ring of Honor just within the last couple of weeks, which like, congratulations. Um, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, what kind of goals do you still have left for yourself? Um, I mean, I want to, to be able to do this for, for a living now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm full-time with ring of honor. Absolutely. Extremely grateful. Um, they've taken care of everyone, uh, including myself, uh, during this time, uh, with, uh, COVID and the testing and, and making sure everyone still gets paid. It's been absolutely, uh, phenomenal. Um, but it'd be nice if, if my wife would be able to, to kind of quit her job or, or maybe yeah. find something else. Cause, cause we're both, uh, uh, or she, she's, been, she's been so strong. She's, she's only had a couple of jobs over the past couple of years, but she's endured through them. Uh, definitely not. She's an uh, art major. Photography was her, her strong point, but you know, she's working doing background checks for the government, not really her forte. So it would yeah, be right. nice. For, it'd be nice for her to be able to just freelance, do what she wants to do um, and be able to have that time and energy. And so that's kind of my, uh, um, kind of my 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 end all be all that is what I think it says a lot about the like quality of human being that you are that like you know the the first thing that like is on your list of goals is like I want to make enough money that my wife can chase her dreams you know like I'm I'm living my dreams right now and I, I want her to be able to do that as well like it's very commendable yeah no yeah just just got to pay it forward like I said I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have these opportunities so it'd be nice to have you know, somebody else, you know, do that. Obviously, you know, wife, you know, happy wife, happy life. So if I can make it <laughs> possible, um, I want to do that. Um, as far as um, matches or anything like that, I, I've done, been fortunate enough to do literally every title with the exception of the ROH heavyweight title. I've uh, been yeah. able to do a pure title match. I did six man title match, um, uh, tag team, uh, television. I mean, just, just all in a, sh a short while. So that's been absolutely humbling. And, and I know if, and when I'm ready, Todd will give me the nod and, you know, I'll, I'll be able to finally check that off, off my list. But, um, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that would be, uh, that would be pretty cool. Um, uh, I think so that, I don't know, like I said, I, I don't want to say I'm a weird dude in that. Oh, I don't care about working with these guys or I, I mean, I'm doing what I love. So it doesn't matter who I'm in the ring with. It doesn't matter what I mean, kind of once you get to a point where like you've been around for a while, like uh, you almost like lose track of who you have and haven't worked with because like these folks, like we still look up to them and we still enjoy their wrestling and everything, but like there are yeah. peers and our friends, not so much, you know, like these like legendary wrestling icons that were like, just hungry to even like be around anymore more so now it's like i want to make something good with you you know what i mean yeah. i want to work together with you and be a peer um so like i get that sure sure um so yeah i mean that i want to say that's as far as as far as goals go and and bucket list items i mean i mean the roh world title is you know a pretty good goal to have <laughs> yeah i'm about to say yeah it's it's that that's the other thing when, when i saw my picture on the website just kind of going back i was like I, I went to this website to like buy tickets so that me and my friends could go to a show and and sit front row and boo people and we made signs and and just the the, the alumni from that page i mean who have gone on to bigger and better things or or, or who have come back and have made ring of honor you know uh, hoisted it's just man is it humble it's it's yeah. so cool so Absolutely. cool so so I challenge if, if you're, you know, a ref, um, try find that feeling, you know, when, when, when you finally do something or you look back or man, I did that. It just, it's so cool. It, it's very rewarding. And, um, if you're in the business for the right reasons, obviously, yeah, money is important. You, you, you need it to survive and everything, but, but that not about money though, you know, no, like don't no, let yourself just, be held back by money or anything no. like that. I think is the point that you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, it's just our archive it. Um I, I kind of use this analogy like when you go to a concert nowadays, everyone has has their phone up because they want to record, you know, a, a a song, you know, their favorite song. Sure. And I'm not against that, but when I'm at a show, man, I'm in that moment. And, yeah. and I got I got I got a cabinet 
spool in the back of my head of, of just memories that I don't have on my phone. Would it be cool to go back? Yeah, but man, they're all upstairs. It's pretty cool. And, I can go back anytime I want to, though. Yeah, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if I end up losing, you know, my memory over the years, you know, whatever happens, I mean, it's it okay. is what it's it is. It's okay. ROH.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go to ROH.com. That uh, website, brother. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Like I said, find, find that moment that, uh, and, that speaks and, uh, to you and, like, moves you. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, cool. man. Well, uh, we're kind of winding down our time here. I really appreciate you coming on and being a part of the podcast. It's definitely one of the uh, interviews I was looking forward to the most, you know, like we haven't really had a chance to, you know, have a one-on-one like this yet. So it was really cool to be able to speak to you. Um, I'm going to, we've got about four or five minutes left in our time. Uh, I would like to offer you, you know, however much time you need, uh, plug whatever, social medias you got uh any kind of merch uh if there's shows that you want people to check out wrestlers that you think they should be checking out like whatever you want uh take the time and get it all over oh man um well i don't have any merch and i probably never will uh i'm kind of just <laughs> old, old, old school about that um if you want to follow me on social media um ref joe mandak twitter handle um, I believe it's Ref Joe Mandek for Instagram. Uh, Instagram, I mostly post food, workouts, and pictures of my dog. So if you need some happiness, um, I'm still getting used to Twitter. Uh, I try to keep everything as positive as possible. Um, so if you're having a rough day, um, if I can make you smile, I mean that's that's why I post things. I don't try to post things for for my my pleasure. I don't get anybody. Sure. So it's all, yeah. all 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 for other all all for other people. Um, as far uh, as quick, do you mind spelling your uh, last name for folks that might be listening to this? Absolutely. So it's going to be M as in Mary, A N as in Nancy, D as in dog, A K, M A N D A K. There you go. Um, which is actually kind of funny because when I first started refing, um, I wanted to have a, a character, so I was going to be I was going to be Joe King and. Dombrowski was like, don't do that. That's stupid. So I was like, okay. Um, it was like, what are you joking? Hey. Yeah, it's exactly right, brother. Um, so, so I was like, okay, let's drop that. Um, so I, so I'm going to go with Joe McCoy, you know, kind of a Irish gig thing. Cool. Um, and then uh, Ian Riccoboni was on commentary and mayhem was breaking loose. And I was actually at home watching this and he was like, Oh, we need referees, Paul Turner, Joe Mandak. We need you out here. And I was like, Hey, that's me. It's not, <laughs> but it's me. So I was like, you know what? If if I'm Joe Mandak to Ian Riccoboni, I'm Joe Mandak from that day on. So Absolutely. I just, just kind of keep it real. Uh, but um, as far as uh, as far as talent, I had mentioned a couple other refs, uh, obviously yourself included. Um, just I'm just waiting for the day when, when I, I see a tweet that you're signed, brother. Um, really looking forward. I know it's I know it's going to happen. Nah, I know. You, nah, come on. Um, Chris Bankos is another guy. Um, Adam Galt, um, just just uh, a few people. Um, they're going to be doing some good things. As far as wrestlers go, I got to give a shout out to my boys, uh, Duke Davis and Gannon Jones Jr. Uh, the main event. Uh, they have a pretty big uh, match coming up. I think on a card with a bunch of guys actually from ROH. So I think that they can make a splash there. They might be joining me in the bubble sometime soon. That would be fantastic. Uh, Lee, Lee Moriarty. Uh, oh my gosh, be, man! I, I mean, Moriarty. what a year for him, dude! In in a year <laughs> when wrestling we thought was going to hell, uh, right. he made the absolute most of it. Um, genuinely good, dude. And again, that that's uh, like I said. Not only are they great performers, but they're genuinely just good human beings. And I will always, always root for those guys. Um, I know that there's, that, there's a plethora. I could, I could literally go down the list, um, but you can check out um, IWCWrestling.com, International Wrestling Cartel. Um, you'll probably see a lot of names that you recognize there, both who have made it WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor. Um, it's, they got a plethora of names there. Really, really good promotion there. Justin Plummer does a, a heck of a job um, with them, but um yeah, uh, like I said, I, I could I can continue to to go on, but I, I think I'll I'll leave it at that. I can't believe it's already been an hour, Odie. This has been right? it, like zip by. <laughs> it really has, and 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 I hope to definitely do something like this again. Even if there, even if there's a we do a triple threat and there's another ref there, and you know, 
whoa <laughs> can, we, can we can we do can we do that or, or i mean it's zoom we can do whatever we want right <laughs> that, that would be that would be super cool but the fact that that you had me on brother is just absolutely humbling and and i hope somebody somewhere out there um east coast west coast north south across the pond um i hope you got something out of it and uh, if you ever need anything you want me to watch matches anything Find me. I, I promise you, despite a busy schedule, I will make time and, and I will promise to, to give you any and all kinds. This guy of has three jobs, has a wife, works for ROH, and he still finds the time to text me just out of the blue every once in a while and just be, hey, how you doing? What? <laughs> Mental health, especially now, brother, we all, um, uh, I think we all need uh, just to check in every now and then. So I, that, that's one thing I want to do for 2021. Once a month, I will shoot you a message. Make sure you're good physically, mentally. And uh, if you ever need anything, brother, please feel free to reach out to me. I, I generally and that just shows the quality of a human being that you are, man. I, I really appreciate you being a part of this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for all the help that you've offered me and to the group over the years. Uh, I can't wait till the day that, you know, we finally get to work on a show together that we actually get to meet in person. Uh, it'll be a wonderful experience. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Zebra Talk podcast, watching the Zebra Talk podcast. Uh, if you would like to help support uh, the Zebra Talk fund, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Zebra Talk. We do have merch. It's not my merch. It's Zebra Talk merch. <laughs> uh, I'm old school, too. <laughs> uh, we've got T-shirts. We've got sweaters. We've got hats, pins, tracksuits, all kinds of cool stuff. We have COVID masks, like get out of here. Um, it all goes directly into the Zebra Talk Fund. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, all of that at Zebra Talk 123. Uh, if you would like to be on the show or if you uh, would like to you know, apply to the Zebra Talk Fund, send an email to zebratalk123 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, join us next time. Thank you so much for being here, Joe. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Stay safe, brother.